Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, where we speak, we grow, we rise. I'm your host, Sarah Menares. The We Podcast is a part of the We Spot, where we are passionate about creating community and providing a space for speaking authentic truth, growing together, and rising above challenges and into the full power of all we were created to be. Welcome to episode number 46, Rising Out of Shame. In this episode, I get to interview Mickey Sturgis. Mickey is a life coach who's passionate about helping women get out of the feelings of unworthiness and find their unique God-given greatness so that they can live a life filled with joy and smiles and be free to go after their dreams. She herself has gone through horrendous experiences of domestic violence and betrayal, depression, and lost sight of her own value and worthiness along the way. With the help of God and many amazing people, she discovered her worth, took back her power and respect, and found her God-given gift that she's now using to help women do the same. This is a powerful interview with a very beautiful-hearted woman. I can't say enough how honored I am to have Mickey share her story and be vulnerable with all of us. I do want to give a warning. There could be triggering topics in this episode. We do talk about domestic violence and her experiences with abuse. If this is something that could trigger or upset you and your healing, please be aware of the content of this episode and skip it or ask someone for support if you decide to listen. All right, here we go. Here is my interview with Mickey. Welcome to this episode of the We Podcast. It's very exciting. I have Mickey Sturgis here with me today, and I'm very excited to dive in and get to know her. I know we have very similar hearts. However, we don't know a ton about each other yet, so this is going to be super exciting. So welcome, Mickey. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Sarah, for inviting me to be on this podcast. I'm super excited. Yay. Yes. And thankful. I'm thankful for Facebook. I think this is, yeah, such a testament of how it can connect people because that's really how we got connected. So it's so awesome. Lots of people uh, talk badly about Facebook, but there are some great benefits <laughs> to it. I, I agree with that. You know, we can get to know a lot of people. I've been on online space for a long time and Facebook is the place. You know, I meet tons and tons of good people all over the world. Mm. That's what I like about it. Yeah, I agree. I love it. It's so good. So, all right. Well, I'm really excited to get to know you and I'm excited to dive in because I know we have similar, we have groups for women, right? Mm -hmm. We both have a group for women and they have similar names, which I think is how you found me. Is that right? I don't remember, but you know, I think it was somebody might've introduced me to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think somebody might've introduced me to you. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Yes. So Tell us, let's, we'll, we'll get into what you're doing with women because I know you're doing mm-hmm. some awesome stuff. But first of all, we want to get to know you better. Okay, so sure. 
I know that you have a powerful story, which has led you to what you're doing today. And so we want in on that story. We want the scoop. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure. I'm over 50. (laughs) <laughs> so I have a lot no of stories. Way. Yes, no I way. am. I don't believe So that. I do have a lot of stories, mm-hmm. but this particular one is the one that led me to create Rise Up Women movement. And um, so what happened was I actually am from originally from Japan. Uh, in my early 20s, actually, after graduating from my college in Japan, I came here to learn English. That's where I met my ex-husband. And, um, you know, when you are young, you're like, oh, so in love, this is the guy. And, you know, he was very charming and he was one of those bad boy on the campus kind of, you know, so Mm -hmm. I fell in love and quickly I realized he was very violent. Mm -hmm. And, um, but... At that point, I already had invested, you know, I was in love. I thought I was in love. And some people, this is very skewed, and you probably wouldn't believe it, but some of my friends, Japanese friends, even told me, hey, he, um, he got mad because he was so into you. He loves you. That's why he hit you. Mm. And I believed that. I I thought to myself, yeah, if he didn't care, he wouldn't do that. If he didn't care, he wouldn't be mad about this kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. He was very jealous if I talked to some people, um, guy or even women, he would be very jealous. And, And that continued. And it's, it, this is a, this is what's called vicious cycle of violence Mm -hmm. you get into a violent episode he apologizes and becomes a little bit more honeymoon stage he's like oh yeah he brings in flowers he puts give you lots of attention and he i'll think oh he's changed and then he'll you'll stay and then slowly goes back to episode again and then he apologized again and just keeps going, keeps going. And in my case, it was almost like I did not like weekends because weekend was the, one, the time that we got together. You know, he was working. I was going to school. So we didn't have a whole lot of time to spend with each other during week. But in the weekends, we, you know, we spent time together. And that's when at least once or even multiple times a day or during the weekend something will happen and makes him mad and mm-hmm. we'll get into that so every weekend was like that and then it as as i prayed i i was already a believer and i prayed i felt like okay well things are getting better so it became episode was from once a week to maybe once in two weeks and then it became once a month so I kept, I kept hanging on to the sort of promise that maybe he will change. Mm. That was mm-hmm. a false promise to myself. It's like, well, maybe I was sent for him to be able to experience the love he was supposed to experience. I was, this, I was the angel, you know, air quote, mm. to, to change him. 
So I kept believing that. And then actually it did change to like once every three months. And I had, I was seeing the hope, you know, I said, maybe he is changing. But during that time, when I look back, it was not physical abuse, but it was verbal abuse, emotional abuse that was happening even those times that mm-hmm. he didn't hit me. So when I talk about once a month or once in three months, that's physical uh, attack to me. But during that time, it was always, you're not worth anything without me. You can't do anything without me. Um, nobody will love you. Mm. You know, all these things and how stupid you are. You know, you're a little girl, you're a naive little girl. And he would just say things like that throughout the day, every single day. Mm. And sometimes he was charming. That's why I, I got together, right? In the first place, mm-hmm. he was, to me, he was handsome. And, um, you know, he was, um, he could be very, very nice. He could be, you know, he could be saying to everyone in my work, I was like, oh, she's the best wife. She is that, you know. So people around me would say, you have such a nice husband. What are you Mm -hmm. talking about? You have nothing to complain about. And of course I was hiding, you know, I was ashamed. So I was hiding the fact that he was hitting me or he was doing that. And I didn't, at that point, I didn't realize that was a verbal and emotional abuse. Mm. So I was in the marriage for 13 years. I had a son and, um, you know, I don't regret having a son, but it would have been better if I didn't and just left. The reason why I say that is I'm not saying, please don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I regret having him. No, I don't. I love him to death. I love Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. So he's a blessing to me. But when you have a son or when you have a child, it gets more complicated. Mm. You know, I thought Mm -hmm. to myself at that time, I was already um, 30 when I had him. So I had all my 20s spent spent in that abusive relationship and I'm hoping he will change. And at that point when I got pregnant, he was very, very happy. So I thought, this is going to be it. It's going to change him. It's going to be better. Actually, it got worse. He even accused me of um, him not being his, Mm. my, my son being. I was just flabbergasted. I was like, what? He looks like you. Just because one of my friends came to visit me and he, she said, oh, he is a Japanese baby. You know, it, he looked like a little Japanese baby. But half Japanese, what do yeah. you expect, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that one word set, set him off. He said, oh, maybe you had an affair with somebody. I was like, oh my gosh. I couldn't believe it. So uh, even though I was, I was like, oh my gosh, what I'm going to do. I even said, you know what, go ahead and do DNA test and, and see <laughs> to prove that you are, you know, yeah. who else would I have? You are my husband. Mm. I'm faithful to you, but he couldn't mm. believe I was faithful. Mm. Maybe he was having an affair. I don't know, you know, mm. but anyway. So, so many things like that happened. And at the end, 
uh, after 13 years, I came to a point where I say, you know what, I don't want my son watching this and think it's okay to abuse, verbally abuse. It's okay to hit a woman if she does something he doesn't like. Mm -hmm. I didn't want him to grow up in that in that environment. Mm -hmm. So um, after I had a I had a really good job at that time, and then I had to go to. Um, I think I went to Japan with my company. Company had a, like employee trip right, to Japan, so I went there. I was in HR, so I, of course I went with them and. And when I came back, first he accused me of having an, an affair with my coworker. He was just really abusive at that time, verbally. He was saying all these things that it's not even true. Mm. Well, you know, did, did that guy come on to you? You know, did this happen during the, the trip? I'm sure you enjoyed it, that kind of thing. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I just had a great time with the company. I'm exhausted with the jet lag and he's telling me all those things. Mm -hmm. So I told him, I say, you know what? I think it's time. Let's just separate and see how our relationship goes. Let's just have a separation. I even saw a chance, you know, like he was calm. I had to like check and see where he, you know, his mood was and I chose a time when he was in good mood. And I said, I'm sorry, but, you know, I think we should separate. Of course, his mood changed just like that, right? Mm -hmm. And then he goes, what? Why? And I said, you know, this is, keeps happening. You keep getting mad at something that has no truth in it. I can't live like this. I don't want my son, to, our son, to, to live in the situation like this. So that time he, I don't know what happened. Well, maybe he, because he was in a good mood, he didn't do anything. He just said, well, well, I don't want you to. We don't, we don't, we don't need that. So I said, okay. And then I think a day, day or two went by. And a couple of days later, he, all of a sudden, it just all of a sudden, he said he burst he must have been thinking, you know, hmm. he, he burst into this anger. He said, you are not leaving me. You're not leaving. And, and then he went to the bedroom and brought gun that hmm. he had. And he pointed at me and said, you're not going anywhere. You're not making me mad again like this. You are. And so basically you're saying it's my fault. Mm. that this is happening. Mm -hmm. And he pointed a gun to my face and said, I'm going to kill you if you leave. If you say this yeah. again, I'm going to kill you. And I said, I was just in shock. Mm -hmm. And I, I told terrifying. myself, this is it. <laughs> and I was almost like, it was like almost like laughable. I was like, are you, are you for real? You know, I said, I thought about this and I said, you know what? I'm so sorry, but I never, ever be able to promise that I will never make you mad. I can't promise you that because you get mad for, at something that I say, even funny. 
So I cannot promise you anything like that. I cannot promise that I will never make you mad. So why don't you just shoot me? Oh, and wow. and I, I just said, okay, that's, that's what, you know, this is it. <laughs> mm. Go ahead and shoot me. And wow. he lowered the gun and said, you are crazy. Even then he said, you are crazy. While he's so, the one holding the gun. Yeah. Yeah, he said he he was he said you are crazy. I still remember to this day because that was such just a such a shock, you know. Yeah. So um, so as soon as he lowered the gun, he, I think he told he said you are so crazy, you're so crazy, and pacing back and forth, and he went towards the door. So I ran to the bathroom, and that tiny little bathroom, I locked the door and I start sobbing. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I was shaking. Mm. I was like, you know, I don't know what to do. And I just prayed, said, pray. I actually prayed to my father, not father in heaven, but father who just passed away um, like two years before that. Mm-hmm. And no, you year before that. And I said, dad, help me here. What do you want me to do? What, what can I do? I cannot stay in this tiny bathroom. For the rest of my life, I need mm. to do something. And I just waited. But at, at that time, I knew my son was sleeping on the other room. And I was just, all these things were in my head. And I just cried and cried. And I don't know how long I was in there. Maybe two hours. I don't know. Um, I, I almost threw up because I cried so much. You know, when you mm. cry so much, you yeah. feel like you get nauseous. So I did that. And then a um, couple of hours later, I think he calmed down and he apologized. He said, I'll ne- never do that again, but please don't leave me. And I said, well, I don't know what to think. And, but I knew I should not make him, like trigger him again. Mm. So I said, okay, I will stay for the sake of, my our son I'll stay but after that I was done I'm so glad I I was working so the next day or that was I think it was a weekend so the following Monday I contacted my pastor um, pastor who was um, counseling us the whole time you know I, we would go to counseling all the time to to see him and but he never knew I was abused that way because I never, ever said it to him. I was so embarrassed, ashamed to admit that I was in that situation. Because mm. I, sh- you know, so to me, I was telling myself, I should, I should know better, you know. Mm. But, and also I was, of course, in love. I thought right. I was love. I don't think it was, but maybe I thought it was in love. And I, and also another thing that backfired on me was my value as a family, as a couple. I still believe once you're married, you are to stick together and commit to each other. But not in this situation. I will not say that to people who are being abused. Mm-hmm. Men, all women, you know, there are some men who are abused by women. I would not tell them to stay, mm-hmm. you know, 
Yeah. But, um, but at that time I did, I, I thought I had to stick with this guy forever because I made that commitment, but that was, that backfired on me, right? Because I stayed longer than I should have. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, um, so I contacted my pastor and my pastor, um, had a brother who was an assistant DA. And um, he, he gave me some tips, what to do, contact, you know, local domestic violence shelter and that type of thing. So I did. But here's the thing. I planned it. I didn't know what to do, but I planned it because I did not want him to come after me. Who knows, am I going to be killed? Mm-hmm. Or is, is he going to bring up the gun again? You know what I mean? So. Right. Yeah. And I waited. I think it was just timing the God thing that he was, um, his company planned him to fly out to like Taiwan or something for a business trip. Mm. And I felt really bad, but that's what I did. I planned it so that I could leave when he was gone. Mm-hmm. So um, I contacted the domestic violence shelter and they were, you know, later I found out they'll usually tell you that um, it's full. And so I was, I was shocked. I was like, I need to get out. But if it's full, can you put me on the waiting list? Can you put me in the first in line, please? And he, she said, okay, well, when you're ready, you know, I told her the, the plan. This is um, what I'm planning, and I would like to come when I'm uh, when he's gone. And he said, "Okay." She said, "Okay. If you're serious and if you want to do this, please call us again." So I said, "Okay, I will do that." And I contacted, I think, the day before he left, and I said, "Do you have any opening? I need to go there tomorrow." Hmm. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, what you need to do is you, you need to, you know, you need to go to, this is Orange County. So Orange County, California, it's Irvine Police Department. You need to go to there. So I said, okay. So I did, I used to have a van. <laughs> so I had a van and I just packed the, my week. I thought I was going to be there for one week. So I took one week stuff worth of stuff. I took my son at that time. She, he was three years old and I took him and I told him, we're just going to go away for about a week. So we just have to pack. He was like, Oh yeah, we're going away. <laughs> so, where's dad? Well, dad is in the business trip. Don't worry about it. So I took all the blankets and things that I, I wanted. Mm-hmm. I took my stuff and I left and I went up Irvine police department and the police department and the police, um, the police officer took us to this safe house. Mm-hmm. I ended up staying 50 days. That's the maximum they allow mm-hmm. anybody to stay because my case was so heavy. And I didn't even realize how bad it was. I was, I was like, oh, no, he's just, a, you know, he just does this. And he, when he's mad, he's like this. And everybody's like, that's an abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, yeah, I know, I'm, I, I know, but I'm not an abused victim type of person. 
I'm not like that. Well, I was. Hmm. It, it was just in denial. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, and so when domestic violence shelter, they have counselors, they have legal um, assistance, um, the person advocate for you, all these things are, um, as a resource, they have that. So I am very thankful that they were there. Mm-hmm. And one time, so when I was there, I listened to my voicemail from my work because I was still, you know, I wasn't working. Luckily, my, my boss understood. So she gave me a leave of absence. And it was a good thing that I was a hard worker. So I had like all the comp time, you know, all this yeah. vacation accumulated. So I, I think at least I have like 30 days worth of you know, accumulation, right? So I could use that and gave me a leave of absence. But as I was still listening to my voicemail. Oh my goodness, he left tons and tons of messages. He even said, you know, uh, we had a Cocker Spaniel. We, have, we had three Cocker Spaniels and one was one of those um, mama Cocker Spaniel. He said, she died. And I cried. I'm like, oh my gosh, she died. I can't believe it. And then in the, the group, you know, we had a, a like small group every, every, every night mm-hmm. at the shelter. Somebody said, that's a lie. I, I bet you that's a lie. And I said, no, he's not going to lie something like that. You know, he loved the dog. And so when he was gone, I went to take my, bring some of my stuff. I had to have a, a police department, a police officer come with me to go and check out, you know, take my, some of my stuff because I had to stay there longer than one week. Mm-hmm. So I needed more stuff. So I went to get my stuff. There she was. It was a lie. Oh, wow. So, I, you know, afterwards, I asked him, why did you lie something like that? It's just, he said, I, want you, I wanted you back. I thought you would come back if, you, if I say that. Mm. So there are a lot of things that happened. And um, one time, counselor told me, you know, Mickey, I know you want to go back for the sake of your son. But if you do, I will guarantee you, you will come back here again. And, one, and also another person told me, you remind me of another person. She was Asian. She was, I guess, Korean. And she said she came back several times. And she said she came back like three times to the, to the shelter trying mm-hmm. to escape. She didn't come back again. Do you know why? Because she was killed. Mm. And that really got me. I say, you know what? I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that to, to the person who it happened. Yeah. I, I cried for, for her. It just breaks my heart. Mm. But she told me that story so that I wouldn't mm-hmm. go back. Yeah. She said, just stay here stay here. You got the restraining order already done. You know, I was awarded the restraining order. So just stay here until you are strong enough to go out. That's why she, they gave me 50 days. Mm. But 50, when 50 days over, you really do have to leave. So, yeah. you know, they helped me. find. I found an apartment close to my work and also 
every time I went home, I actually used to go around police department just in case. I was so paranoid,、hmm. even though there were, because he knew where I was working and、mm-hmm. he knew where my, I dropped off my son. To the daycare. I even told daycare, okay, if he comes, he's not to take, take our son.、Mm-hmm. So they knew that. And so I had to, like, you know, I was, paran- I was paranoid. So basically, yeah, I would just. Understandably.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So especially when I used to work late, I would look around, make sure nobody's following. If I even had a A little bit of suspicion, I would just go towards the, the Irvine Police Department, go in the parking, you know, in the parking of the police department, make sure nobody's following me, and then went home.、Mm-hmm. So I used to do that too. Yeah.、Um, but, you know, it was just a dark, dark time. I was lonely, you know, because I am a social person. <laughs> I love to, you know, have friends and, But some friends didn't understand what I was going through. Some friends said, you know, why? Why did you stay that long? You, you could have just left. You had、mm-hmm. a good job. You could have, you know, and I, I couldn't explain. I just said, you know, I, I,、um, I couldn't. I was afraid.、Mm-hmm. I was afraid what's going to happen if I left. Yeah. And I actually left several times before that. but I went to my friend's house, of course, that he will call and say, apologize. So I think I left twice before that. And then every time I went to my friend's house, and, and、um, my friends you know, say, hey, he's calling you.、Uh, you know, I,、mm. I, you want to talk? <laughs> you know, that type of thing. So, and, I, and I went back every time. That's、mm. the reason, one of the reasons why. The last time I did not call my friends, I contacted the pastor and I, you know, he gave me resources.、Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I do suggest. If anything like this happens, I would suggest anybody to contact the, the domestic violence shelter or house, safe house, because、mm-hmm. chances are he will apologize and he will say all these. Nice things, he will、mm. promise he will change again,、right. and again, and again.、Mm-hmm. So, I would suggest you know to go to that because they have a support system where you are safe and then you, you are sort of、um, tied down. And sometimes you that's what you need, you know. Mm-hmm. I wished sometimes I wished my friends would do that for me. But you know what? Friends cannot do that. They can't. Their、yeah. hands are tied. It's, it's really up to you. You're the one who may have to make a decision.、Mm-hmm. And I had to make a decision. I could not, you know, nobody, even my mom or my sister, or by the way, I didn't tell them until what happened. But.、Mm. Um, nobody could have said, you know, take my hand and say, let's go. They couldn't have done that.、Mm-hmm. I might have refused, right? Right. So you have to make this decision. I have to make the, that, that decision. And I've learned so much along the way、mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I know there were there are a lot of resources. There are a lot of professional resources. And one thing, this is a segue, um, actually why I'm making this Rise Up Woman movement is that mm-hmm. there are re- free resources if you wanted to. There are paid resources. You can go to a psychologist. You can go to a therapist. You can you know, go to these group, free groups. But I didn't have, I felt alone. You know, at that time, it was like mm. AOL, you got mail was like the innovative thing that was going yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> so you know my age. Um, it was early 2000, you know, and yeah. we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have any of that. So I felt really lonesome. So when you're lonely, you're vulnerable. Mm. Mm-hmm. You th- start thinking about good times that you had with your ex. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's changed. Maybe he's, you know what I mean? So you m- might go back to that again. That's a vulnerable time. Yeah. And this is what I wanted. Rise Up Women Together, Rise Up Women Movement is to provide that, to, to provide the encouragement and the support and to, you know, to strengthen each other and take that power back, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and this Rise Up Woman group, you know, I was talking to my son about it and he goes, you are feminist, aren't you? I'm like, no, I'm not a feminist. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a feminist movement. And he, he was just joking, but yeah. you know, he was just saying that. And I said, this, this is true. It's not a feminist movement. It's not a man bashing movement. I'm mm-hmm. happily married now. I'm blessed with, you know, God bless me with very gentle, almost overly gentle <laughs> man. <laughs> and um, so, but it's, it's a support group women we rise up together because there you know women even though even this 2019 there's some women who think still that men you have to have a man or that um you have to have somebody to identify you you know some somebody Mm. to give you strength yeah we have strength in ourselves Mm -hmm. we can take that power back we are given god has given us greatness you know what i mean yeah. and we Woo-hoo. want to take back that <laughs> greatness and we want to find that greatness and i that's what i would like to do i would like this women's group to really that's why i say rise up keep saying you know rise up women yeah. yes you know? totally yeah so that's the reason why i created that group so if you're expecting you get all these resources, yes, we will provide the resources and all these things, but it's really the friendship that we want to form. We mm-hmm. want to form the support system, mm-hmm. you know, the happy place that you can come to. Oh, yeah. thank goodness for Facebook, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. When you say Facebook, you know, some people do hate Facebook. But mm-hmm. to me, this is a great group. And I don't just let anybody in if, um, you know, they have to answer simple questions, three simple questions. Yeah. 
Um, they don't have to be a DV victim or survivor. They don't have to be, um, you know, that. But I would like them to know the people who are coming in to know that is the core thing, yeah. you know, the primary objective to help those women who have gone through that to really rebuild the life and regain the strength and take mm. the power back, you know, the support. So if they're, mm-hmm. if they're not a survivor themselves, they can just know to support them and not ask questions like, why didn't you leave? You're stupid to stay, right. you know, yeah. that is not helpful. <laughs> and it's not helpful to bash men either. You know, yes, we can talk about X and we might have to vent sometimes, but we are women who understand that completely. Mm -hmm. But what I would like to do is to not help them get out of that pit. Because I call it a pit, you know, because you're like thrown into the pit and then you're dark and you just don't know where you're going. Right. You want to go upwards, but you just don't know. And then I want to, you know, extend my hand to pull them up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what the, this woman is all, uh, Rise Up Women movement is all about. I love that. Yeah, that gap, you know, that we yeah. that just didn't have. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. I think about when you say that you had to leave after 50 days and I I feel anxious for you telling that story. You know what I mean? How scary that must have been after that 50 days to go oh, yeah. out and be on your own and and not have a network of people surrounded so closely around you like you had in the shelter Mm -hmm. that understood because a lot of people don't understand the dynamic of domestic violence and they think it's simple you just pack up and you leave and that's that but that's not the case it's no it's not that easy especially I didn't have any family so I didn't have family to go back to Mm -hmm. um you know my my um my mom and my sisters, they're all in Japan. So I couldn't just go, you know, I would have been arrested if I take, took my son, right? So mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. Um, so it was, and then I just didn't want to rely on my friends. I didn't want them to get in trouble. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Is, is he going to just like, you know, break the door? You know what I mean? You don't know that. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't want to burden my friends like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there were some said, you know, hey, come to my house. I just didn't want to. I didn't want them to see that ugly, you know, fight maybe. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just didn't want that. The police getting involved in that type of thing. So, yeah, it was mm-hmm. hard. Um, yeah. You know, the, the crazy thing, thing is, I was actually a human resources director and I made good money. I could afford on my own. I couldn't, you know, I could afford an apartment on my own. Mm-hmm. But to, in my head, I was like, oh my goodness, how am I going to live? How can I do this on my own? I was yeah. so scared. And, you know, one, one time my friend said, you know, you make much more than like we do. <laughs> oh, why are you worried? Yeah. 
oh, well, well, I don't know. I my self esteem was、yeah. so low. Right. I didn't have any like belief, in, you know, myself. I didn't trust my judgment.、Yeah. I didn't, you know, like. So, as I went along, I gained regained those things、yeah. back. But it took a long time. Yeah. Well, can you speak a little bit more about that dynamic? Because I think that's that's a dynamic that people really don't understand, is how. Abusers typically keep their victims there and connected to them. I mean, it's a huge part of the cycle, and、uh, I'd love to hear you just tell our listeners a little bit more about that piece because that's more of, like you said earlier, I think that's more of the the manipulative, hard to see, and hard to. Report piece because it's、uh-huh. so much more covert, like it's hidden. Where the physical part, that's you can't deny that. But the other part is so powerful in、uh-huh. in, in that whole domestic violence process. Yeah, emotional abuse is is huge. You know, people don't think emotional abuse is like. Almost like real, it is. You know, people、mm-hmm. who are in it know, right? But I didn't realize that. So, over the thirteen years, thirteen years—that's a long time.、Mm-hmm. Over those years, so when we met, I was in my early twenties. So I was just a little kid. You know, I、mm-hmm. I grew up in a very warm, loving family. Came here to United States to study English, and you know further my English. Yeah. And、um, I met him, and I actually taught him English because he's he's from、um, Hispanic culture, so、mm-hmm. um, his English was a second language also. And we met that way, but when we started dating, he would say just a little things like, "Oh, you're a little girl." Oh, you know, you don't know anything. Oh, you're naive, and started off that way. And then we're like, "What are you talking about?" You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I'm I'm just who I am. I was much stronger then. You know, I came here alone. You know, from Japan. Yeah. So I was very strong-willed. Yeah. But along the way. Like when I started making money, I was a, a person. I really like. I enjoyed personnel, like human resources, kind of thing. And I was a recruiter, and I started making more money. He said, "Don't think just because you make more money than I do, you are all that." So he brought me down once again, right?、Mm-hmm. You know,、mm-hmm. and. Another thing, you know, there are a lot of little things, but just sticks to my mind is when I had my boy, my baby. I said I actually want to stay home and stay with the baby because、mm-hmm. I think we can afford it. He said, "No, you're not. You are same as me. You gotta go and work." That became a blessing in disguise, but at the time, I was so sad. Because you know I was breastfeeding, and of course I had to pump at work, and 
you know, just to leave the little baby at three months or two months or three months, I forgot, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. with the babysitter and it yeah. just broke my heart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he would not let me quit my job. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, that became a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. So it was good, but yeah, things like that. He just wants, like when I went to, I was still going to school. Um, and, and he, one time he said, you're not going to the class. You're not going to the class. You need to make dinner. I'm like, okay. Mm. <laughs> so that happened a lot. He mm-hmm. just, you know, just, just the little things like that. It's an emotional thing, you know, and little by little, my self-confidence was, I, you know, he was saying, I'm a little girl. He, you know, he, you're nothing without me. Nobody will love you because you are such strong-willed. You're ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I used to be tiny. You wouldn't believe it right now. <laughs> but I used to be very, very skinny. He used to call me spaghetti because I was so skinny. Mm. And, you know, so basically, and he said he didn't like the way I dressed. So he would say, oh, I can't believe nobody would dress like that. And Mm. just to go to the mall, Mm -hmm. he made me change my clothes to the way that he wanted me to look. Wow. And so these little confidence was just, you know, chipped away, chipped away. So by the time I left, I had not almost like bottom, <laughs> you know, there was nothing, even though mm. at work, I was this strong woman, you know, career woman who would police the company employees yeah, and I would do all these things. Yet within inside of me, I was so scared that I couldn't live on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that is just, amazing the, just incredible I now I I'm thinking what what I was that way you know now yeah. I can talk about it but I couldn't talk about it for over 10 years mm. after I left mm-hmm. you know I I shared my story a little bit with my friends you know this is what happened and I'm ashamed I'm embarrassed mm. and um this was like about five years ago, maybe four or five years ago, I belonged to this local women's um, group and, and I was on the board and we had a board retreat and we had to share about what's significant about your story. You know, your, you had to tell your story, real, mm. you know, like brief story. Yeah. And I even, when I came to my turn, I even said, you know what? I have no significant story to tell you. And they're like, I'm sure you do. You were from Japan. And I was like, okay, I'll share some. So I shared, um, you know, how I came to, from Japan and I went through this, you know, domestic violence. And, but I'm fine right now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good. You know, I'm happy. It was like, in, like 10 minutes. And afterwards, one of the ladies came and said, you know, Nikki, I can't believe you said you had no significant story. Your story is nothing but, you know, insignificant. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that woke me up. I was like, 
you think so? <laughs> and then she goes, are you kidding me? You have a, a, a powerful story. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that. How, yeah. See how I'm underrating myself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've done that all these years. Even now, you know, God, God had put, put this group, this movement idea about two years ago. And I kept saying, no, God, no, uh, I can't do that. Mm. I'm mm-hmm. not the person. And also, I'm, it's like a Moses, you know, <laughs> like, I'm not the person. Totally. <laughs> I can totally relate to that because I, I felt the same exact way in my life. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not the person. Yet yeah. he kept notching at me. So, you know, I have to tell you this story. I had several coaches in the past and my previous coach, and I told him, I told her this is what I wanted to do, but I, I was not moving forward. I bet you she was so frustrated that I was not, I was not a very good student of hers. I loved her coaching. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, but I bet you she was so frustrated because I did not move forward with, with that idea. And I kept going back to safe place, you know, oh, I know how to do like business strategies. Oh yeah, maybe I can make that and I can help those network marketers because I was in network marketing and I made it and, you know, I can help those things, mm-hmm. but it wasn't aligned with what I really were meant to do. Mm-hmm. And until this year, I did not, I felt very scared. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. But in January I went to this, um, do we call it a workshop? Uh, um, it's a, it's a retreat. It's two day thing. Yeah. And God showed up in a, such a undeniable way. Mm-hmm. I had to do it. It's like, this is awesome. undeniable. I have to, I have to tell you real quick. So yeah. what happened was, so the second day when we were there, you know, this is like 280 people, maybe 300 people in the, in the room. And the coach, um, I, uh, my coach is James Wetmore uh, of um, Business by Design. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went to that. How do they call it? It's an event, basically. So this, the first day, it was awesome, awesome. You know, like I'm taking notes. Yeah. So the second day in the morning, he asked, anybody want to share the takeaway? I'm like, here, me, me, me. Of course, he doesn't pick me, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was picking everybody else, not me. So I said, okay, well, that's fine. And then that day he talked about hot seat. You know what hot seat is, right? Mm-hmm. That it's some, you know, one person will go and talk about the struggles or whatever they're doing in the business. So, and so he talked about how to do hot seat, how to be on this hot seat. And then we're writing, you know, and then, so we thought, so there was a chair on the stage that there's hot so one person is going to be picked and everybody's raising hands me 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 and i'm like no 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 not me i don't want to be there <laughs> so one time that i didn't raise my hand so he said okay um look under your chair this person manifested that to that person is to be here today this morning and I, i'm like 
no, I didn't manifest anything this morning. I really didn't, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. so I'm sure it's not me. I look under the seat. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. And then when I went on the stage, when he was talking about, he said there was two, something was stuck under the seat. One was a hot seat and one was the um, Amazon gift card, you know? So they were talking about Amazon gift cards, you know, who had Amazon gift card. Yeah. And I'm looking at him. I was of course on the cloud nine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I thought about it that morning, my devotional, I remember my devotional. Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, that was for, I know the plans I have for you. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And awesome. not to harm you, but to prosper you and to give you a hope. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is God talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, heck yeah. I love it when that happens. Oh. <laughs> My heart, I couldn't, I was like, I was holding back back my tears because I was with gratitude, Mm -hmm. you know, that I needed that push. And he was saying, Mickey, it's time. I've been telling you this for two years. How loud do I have to be? (laughs) Yeah. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh. So I shared, you know, before that hot seat happened, I, we had to write down on a piece of paper what you would ask if you were picked. Mm. And the thing I wrote was about this, about the Rise Up Women group. Mm. I didn't talk about, I didn't write about my business that was going on in my head. I didn't talk about what strategy I talked about. I wrote about, I have this, movement idea but i don't know what to do mm-hmm. i don't know how to move forward with this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh my goodness that was just amazing that's awesome. amazing yeah so god speaks to you really really loud when he wants your attention yeah and he yeah got me Yes, that is awesome. And I think so often, though, people try to deny that that's a, that God is speaking or, you know, that Mm. I I say in my life for a while, I was Jonah, I was like, just running as far (laughs) away as I possibly could. (laughs) Yes. Did you end up in the belly of a whale? <laughs> probably. I ended up in some bad situations, probably, I'm sure. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. It, it happens to everyone. Yeah. But um, yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's um, amazing. So it's slow. You know, it's a slow moving group. And I'm still sort of trying to figure out what I can do to serve these women. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. of course they have each other but you know when you once when you're in a group sometimes you don't know what to do you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so I think that's where they're at right now not too much you know engagement or um I'm trying to bring that out yeah but I yeah. really I'm here to serve them serve those women mm-hmm. so that's why I I'm really um excited about it and yeah. actually I started a challenge of this journaling method so what happened was that let me go back so that 
that day I was in a cloud nine. I was like, oh my gosh, God spoke to me, right? Yeah. And then I went back to the, my um, Airbnb room and I looked in my journal that I wrote that morning. Coach was right. He was right that I manifested because I wrote in there that please bring me clarity. Please bring me people to me so I know what I want me to do. Mm-hmm. And I prayed awesome. about it. Yeah. So I, I did manifest that. And, and you know, the, every single day that, is, that kept happening, God kept ask, telling me, I got you. Just keep doing what, you know, what you're doing. You're ordained. All these things kept happening in my scripture writing. So I have been, I've also had this idea of scripture writing journal. And I finally made a PDF. And this challenge that I started yesterday is all about that scripture mm-hmm. writing journaling. Mm-hmm. And it, this is a specific, specific method. It's not just writing scriptures mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. day. So I'm really excited to share that. It's, this is part of, you know, what does it have to do anything with a rise up woman? Well, this is part of self-love, mm-hmm. discovering, yeah. you know, who you are, who God says you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a daily walk, daily thing that when you journal with the scripture, it becomes so clear. You might yeah. not even notice that time. It's like, uh, I don't know about this. And you just keep writing, you know? Yeah. But then all of a sudden during the day or something, it hit you. Oh, this is what he meant. Or mm-hmm. even later, like one week later, ah, I remember writing this thing. And now he gives me answer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just powerful, uh-huh. powerful stuff. So that's, that's why awesome. I, I decided that to do the five day challenge. Uh, people can still, you know, come in. Um, this is not going to be just this time. I'll probably do it again and okay. again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if anybody wants to come in, yeah, that would be great. And then, awesome. you know, so. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to know more about what happened after you left, but I feel like we're unfortunately running out of time because I still have my questions to ask you. But you said very briefly uh, that you went on to marry again. And did you say you have more children? Yes, I I had two more. They're all boys. Yeah, all boys. (laughs) Yes, they're boys. For some reason, God thought boys would be good for me. (laughs) So yes, I had boys. I have three boys. They're very active. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing I did, I really didn't trust myself. You know, that when I look back in my past boyfriends, Mm -hmm. they're not, this was the only abusive one. But I always relied on them, you know. Like, I think it's a culture, Japanese culture, that, you know, mm. that men are the, the men is the head of the household and mm. they're the one who go out and, and you know, win the bread and, and right. women are supposed to be home doing the, the, you know, raising children and, you know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't align with me, but that's yeah. the culture that I was in. I was raised. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, so... Maybe that's the tendency that I was seeing 
a strength per se in my ex, I think, mm. because he was one of those people. I thought, gosh, he could just protect me because mm -hmm. he's so strong, you know? Right. He, he knew what to do and all these things. And I, he, he was a street smart. So I thought, gosh, he, he could totally protect me. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah those things are something to explore. Mm -hmm. You know, I really, I did, <laughs> so I didn't trust myself. So I think good thing what I did was I did pray and say, God, you know what? I'm terrible at picking a man. Mm. I would like to remarry. I would like to have more children, but I don't trust myself. The funny thing is my friends, all of a sudden, when I became single, they're like, they're calling me saying, hey, I have this friend. Do you want to meet? Do you want to meet this guy? So I, would, I didn't deny anybody, actually. There was only one guy I just did not like. So, you know, my friend said, why don't you meet him? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't like the way he talks. So I didn't meet him. But yeah. mo most of the people that my friend said, you know, why don't you meet? I, I did go on a day or two. Mm -hmm. But this, this person, the, my current husband, I liked him from the beginning. And, but I said, again, once again, I said, you know, God, I don't have a very good eye. And this, so you need to close the door. I, every time I met somebody, I prayed that. I said, close the door if this person is not for me. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you a brief story. So the, the, there was a guy, very cute guy, actually. He was driving red BMW and he was an engineer. And he was like, um, my friend, you know, my friend introduced me. So he was already filtered. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I met this guy, right? So I was getting sort of like start to like him and that was at the end of the year like december or something so he said well he was from new york so he said well i'm gonna go back to new york for the for christmas and new year's i'll be back and i'll call you after that so i said sure that's great you know mm -hmm. awesome well i waited he never called me so i'm like what happened he must be home so i contacted him I shouldn't have, but I contacted him. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. I was going to give you a call. So I said, so what's up? He goes, well, do you remember the girlfriend I told you about? Well, he had a girlfriend like four years prior to meeting me. So it was, he said it was over. You know, yeah. He, mm -hmm. Well, she came back. She came back to him. And I said, so are you going to take her back? And she go, he goes, um, I think so. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, seriously? You said it was over. And he goes, um, yeah, but I want to give it another try. I'm like, okay, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> that door so, slammed shut. <laughs> I know it was yeah. slammed shut and mm -hmm. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, but of course I thank God. It's like, God, God, thank you so much. It was before I got too much involved. You know, if you, I, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, there was no physical intimacy or nothing with yeah. this guy. So I was so glad.
I didn't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, otherwise, I would have been a mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. this, this is me. You know, yeah, <laughs> another victim definitely. mentality. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad I didn't. And um, but anyway, so that was about backstory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and so was your husband one of the people that your friends introduced you to? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. another blind date. <laughs> so that was my um, my roommate's. Uh, my roommate is a, a nurse practitioner, and he she had a nurse friend who introduced him to her like a summer before, uh-huh. and she didn't even remember her name. His name was like, um, you know, I think his name is Phil. <laughs> 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 and, then, and then she contacted it was just everything was sort of I feel like orchestrated mm. you know mm-hmm. because he she told me I cannot get hold of my friend usually so you know it's, it could be a month from now I get hold of her <laughs> she got hold of her that night and she was you know she had a talk and I got to talk to him that night the night that she said I probably can't get hold yeah. of her and uh-huh. she even said, I don't even know if this guy's available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So everything felt really orchestrated mm-hmm. afterwards. Awesome. So, yeah. Very cool. But anyway, yeah, the pastor, though, though, warned me. It's like, you know, you have to make sure you get to know him and you take your time. I'm like, pastor, I don't have time. I'm already in my 30s. I need to. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So yeah, after a year of dating, I, we decided to get married, and he was like, "Are you sure? It might be too early. You know, mm-hmm. might be too soon." I'm like, uh, "My biological biological clock is ticking." <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out okay. It sounds like yes. Yeah. Well, you know, not without bumps. Yeah, you know, we we have to understand. The life is always bumpy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. nobody is perfect. My husband and I have issues still, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's the commitment that we both have commitment to each other. Mm-hmm. And even when the time got tough, when I almost left, you know, once you get divorced, the second time, Divorce, the word divorce is really, really easy to say. Uh-huh. Yeah. Makes you sense. know, we have to mm-hmm. be very careful because the v- divorce um, is actually, I think it's 50% more on the second time. It's higher divorce rate on mm-hmm. the second marriage or third marriage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I knew that going in. Um, so we really had to work things out, some, some areas. But now I'm in the other side. So, you know, we are still working. So what I'm saying is nobody's perfect. Don't Mm. expect that. But, you know, there are a lot of people who are in domestic abuse issues. They have, we really have to work on ourselves first before going into a new one. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like sometimes because I was abused, I was a little bit more abusive. I don't want to admit it, but mm. I became so harsh because I had to protect myself all the time. Yeah. So, you know, like even when you're a puppy or the dogs or cats, when they're hurt, they bite you. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And it's the same mechanism because I'm so hurt. Yeah. I was hurting my husband too. Mm-hmm. My current husband, I'm talking about. Yeah. And the words that come out of my mouth sometimes is very sharp. Mm. And I had to repent. I still do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to first heal. And I mean, healing is a journey. Yeah. We have, I'm still healing from it. I'm, mm. It's probably going to take forever mm. until we get to heaven. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. But right. there are certain things that you can do to really look at yourself. What was it that I attracted this kind of marriage or this kind of person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was it about me that, you know, there's, it's not your fault. Don't take, take me wrong. It's right. not anybody's fault. Even if you are hard-headed like me, don't deserve to be hit or right. beaten like that Mm-mm. or threatened. Nobody Mm-mm. deserves that. Yeah. But there are certain things that you can do, you know, self-love and really know your worth and your greatness. Mm-hmm. It's so important yeah. before you get to another relationship. Yeah. My, ex- my, my current husband was also married before and he, is actually, um, he was divorced. He said he was, um, he was single, I think like six years before he met me and mm-hmm. you know, got married. So he, he knew he had to do some work on himself too. Yeah, right. And I had to do that too. And like I said, you know, when I first got, got out of that relationship, I was like gung-ho, I can help other people. Well, I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And I know there are a lot of people who go out of that, relationship and then immediately think okay well we can i can help you yeah and yes you your story can help and inspire other people but you we, we still have to go through the healing process yeah such a great it's very point. important mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so good all right. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you for thank being you. at a point where you you pushed through the fear and and you did yeah. start to share because it is so true. It, people need to know your story and and it is so very helpful. So I want to ask you now, move into the questions that I have for you. And okay. so I ask all of my guests these questions. And the first one is, what do you feel has been the most vital to your growth? What did I write? <laughs> I don't know. I need to Self-love. Look. Self-love. Um, I think I wrote self. Um, well, you know, I have been always a fan of personal development. And if anything, I'm one of those people who look to me and blame myself first. Mm-hmm. And not that's not necessarily always good because my pastor said, you know, why do you blame yourself all the time? Yeah, don't do that. You right. know, mm-hmm. and um, but I think it was super helpful for me to really surround myself with supportive people. You know, I had when I got out first got out of the um, shelter, I was assigned a social worker, I was assigned a counselor, 
and mm-hmm. I was supposed to, you know, I had to attend the parenting class. I, you know, all these things because in California, just being in that situation with a, with a child, you are part of, um, like you are considered a child abuse, not a victim actually, um, by staying, yeah, perpetrator. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So I had to go through that social workers, you know, like supervision with a social worker, not that supervised by them to, you know, attend to my child because they knew the situation. Yeah. Um, but I, I had to be meeting with a social worker every week and that type of thing. And, um, so that was very helpful. Yeah. But I continue to actually do self-discovery continue to pray and the biggest thing is my walk with god with that anchor i think that was the most helpful and Mm -hmm. i continue to walk with god and my faith actually got strengthened because of that Mm -hmm. and um sometimes you know those self uh development and motivational things are great but that's where it ends. But yeah. with God, it deepens a little bit, goes deeper. It's really the love and the mercy and the forgiveness that you feel with that, with him. Mm-hmm. That really is the most helpful and the most beneficial. Yeah. You know, I'm, I don't claim to be a Bible scholar. I don't claim to be a teacher of the Bible. No, mm-hmm. I'm not. Mm-hmm. But I can confidently say that I love God and God loves me. Yeah. And that anchor is so vital mm-hmm. to my strength, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like pursuing that too, pursuing mm-hmm. that the knowledge and that relationship and all of those things. Yes. Something that you've done from the beginning. Yes. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many people expect things to just fall in their lap. You know what I mean? Uh, Mm -hmm. But, but your pursuit of, of the answers and of the knowledge and of the relationship, I think is Mm -hmm. just, it's, it's inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. It is actually important to seek out, you know, God is seeking you. Why not seek him? Right, you know the the knowledge also, and all these things. I think it's um, important. I think that's the difference where I didn't stay there. I did not stay in the dark pit that we talked about. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was in the dark pit with no light coming in, but God became the light. At least you know I was like, oh. This is the hope. And I could see the hope. I could see the next step. I could see, you know, where I was going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I didn't lose hope. Where I, when I didn't have God in my life, I have to say, I wasn't always devout. You know, I wasn't always obedient to God. And when that happened, I lost hope. I was like, there's nothing here. Like when he was pointing a gun at me, it's like, Okay, this is it. I'm done. Mm. I'm I'm done here. Mm-hmm. So shoot me. Yeah. You know, there was no hope. Mm-hmm. But I saw hope. Yeah. 
Right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Second question is, what do you want to make sure that people know? About, um, so about rise up women. Oh, about about life life. in general. Yep. (laughs) Anything. And, and then we'll talk a little more about where they can find you after this. Okay. Uh, Okay. But yeah, what do you want them to know? Like if they walk away from this podcast and they can know one thing, what would Mm. that be? I want everybody to know there is hope. You know, like I said, there's, there's always bumps and there's always bad things happen because we live in this fallen world. Mm-hmm. This is not heaven. Sometimes we see heaven on earth, right? We do. But there is always hope. And that hope, you really do have it in you. It's just sometimes you can't find it. And seek out, like we were saying earlier, seek out the support and the encouragement from others. And sometimes you can't see your beauty yourself because we are Mm -hmm. so taught and conditioned to say it's not good to to be uh, boastful about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. I was told that at least. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so shameful to to say something good about yourself. Well. Tell yourself, I love you. I love the way you are. I love the way you look. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. beauty in every single person. Yeah. So I want people to know that there's a hope, there's beauty in every person. God created you uniquely and wonderfully. And you're on this earth on earth on purpose. Yeah. I love yeah. it. It's yeah. beautiful. Thank you. All right, Nikki, I know people are going to want to get connected with you. So why don't you let them know where they can find you? The links to your social media and all of that will be in the notes, the show for the episode, but give them a little overview about uh, where to connect with you. The best place is Facebook (laughs) (laughs) because I'm always there on Facebook. Yeah. So Facebook, um, I think my personal profile is uh, Mickey Sturgis. And if you look Mickey Sturgis, there's two, pay- two. One is a personal profile and one is a, pay- a business page. And business page is where I really hang out. So mm-hmm. that would be the best place to, okay. to look, find me. And also there's a group, Rise Up Woman group. That's a closed group. And if you are uh, impressed to join this group to support and be friends with those women who might be going through these tough situations. I would love to have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And the Instagram, I think I have Mickey Sturgis on the Instagram and that's where I, I do both, you know, <laughs> do a lot of cat pictures and my family pictures. And, yeah, yeah. And I do have Rise Up Woman um, actually on Instagram too. So if you can like both of them, that would be awesome. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much, Sarah. So, so much for sharing your story with us and for being my guest. It's been an honor and a pleasure to get to know you. And you. I think the women listening definitely will feel inspired and hopefully glean from your strength and your courage to move forward and to rise up out of, out of the pit 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. For sure. Mm-hmm. Like rise up from the ashes, you know? Yes. I love <laughs> yeah. it. So yeah. All thank right. you so much for the time that you spent with me. And thank you for allowing me to share the story. And yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories and we are so grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart, their experiences, and light with all of us. This episode of the We Podcast is brought to you by the We Spot. The We Spot is your go-to spot to learn, grow, and connect with like-minded people. It's your place for all things growth and community. Head on over to our Facebook page and get plugged in. You'll find more episodes of the We Podcast as well as the We Spot blog and information about our Northern Colorado meetup called We Are Women Rising. You can also find us on Instagram and at theweespot.com. If you love the We Podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. This guarantees that more people will get connected with our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.